to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We stream on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, share, or follow at Keys to the City. Plus, you can check out clovercrestmedia.com as well if you're looking for other podcasts. And if you're looking to try to get into this, you could check out clovercrestmedia.com and this the Joseph Aguirre. Speaking of the Joseph Aguirre, he will be back next week as he made his triumphant return to the airwaves this week. So he'll be back next week because next week is a huge week, ladies and gentlemen. Ted, we got baseball in six days. A lot to talk about in baseball. We're going to have our baseball preview show at the beginning of next week because, well, we're six days away from a little baseball back. Shockingly, baseball got it done, but we will have no games impacted. So we're ready to do this. We're going to see how it goes, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun season. But there's also a lot of other things happening. The NBA playoffs is officially – it's it's grind time now. It's time to get it going because playoffs are right around the corner in the NBA. Plus, for wrestling fans, it's WrestleMania this week, the, the stupendous WrestleMania they're calling it in Dallas. I don't know if you saw the set, but it looks pretty legit. It's in Dallas again. But also, we're talking about stadiums and games and, and huge venues. Well, we have something going on tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. I know it starts tonight with the women's, UConn women. Three of the number one seeds are in it. So let's see if the Lady Huskies can beat the defending champ Stanford. And then the South Carolina Gamecocks versus the Louisville Cardinals once again. Kind of very similar. Let's relate it to the women because I feel like those, with the exception of Tennessee – are the blue bloods of women's college basketball. Now we look, and now let's go over 24 hours later, I think we can agree that we may be getting the four true blue bloods with the exception of Kentucky. You're probably getting the true four blue bloods of college basketball this weekend, Ted. Well, you can also add UCLA to that. that But when we think of college basketball, like women's, you think of UConn, you think of Tennessee, Stanford, South Carolina, and Louisville, Notre Dame as well. Those are like the blue bloods. When you think of the men's, you would think of Duke, you think of Kentucky, you think of Kansas, uh, UNC, UCLA, but they took it. They've come, they're starting to get back. But the newcomer, it seems like just recently, is the Villanova Wildcats. I mean, the success they've had. The recent success is the reason why I put them right now over Kentucky, just because Kentucky has won a national championship since the Anthony Davis days, and they've been—I mean—they've been very disappointing. But you look at these two weekends, uh, these games starting tonight and then tomorrow, as a as a college basketball fan. Now I know that college basketball has taken a huge hit. College sports in general has taken a huge hit because of the one and done rules, specifically in the men's. But you look at this, Ted. How can you not be excited for a weekend full for college basketball fans? How can you not be excited for a weekend that's about to happen within the next couple hours starting tonight and going in tomorrow and finishing off Sunday and Monday? Like, how can you not be excited? So when you look at these four teams, Ted, would you consider these four the true Blue Bloods of college basketball currently? 
Yeah, but I mean, listen, you got. I would say with you got to start with Villanova. You really do. I mean, there's probably no more dominant team in the past ten years in Villanova basketball. I mean, just look what Jay Wright has done. He's got more NCAA wins in the last five years than any other coach. I mean, I think uh, what do you have, Colin Gillespie or him? They were like twenty-three and two in the past, like you know, three tournament. I mean, their run the past five to seven years has been remarkable. Yeah. That really stems from Jay Wright and his coaching ability. He get listen, he might be the best coach in college basketball right now. Yeah. You know, people will say Coach K because of the legacy. I know if we had Charles on it, he would be bashing Coach K. And it's and it's he says a lot of it has to do with the talent again, the one and dons, you know, and all this other BS. But you think about Villanova, right? You know, and people never really think about Villanova in basketball, but you really have to really consider them one of the best um, franchises, universities, college basketball teams in the in the whole NCAA. I mean, Jay Wright, it was always like he couldn't get over the hump, and then he finally won one. And then, you know, and I mean, every year they're in the Final Four. He gets well, the most. How about the thing of Jay Wright? not going to the NBA and staying in Villanova. I mean, he's from the state of Pennsylvania. So when you think of that situation, to see that his growth and his success at such a fast pace, and now that he's finally established himself as maybe the guy in college basketball as best coach, it's amazing what he's been able to do and how Villanova has, you know, went, came out of nowhere. I mean, in the sense of like back in the day, they were great. Back in the day, Georgia, Villanova, old Big East days, they were great. And then they had a little rough patch, but they came back, and they've hit pedal to the metal, full throttle ahead. And that's what Villanova's done, the consistency that they've had, that program, the players that they – the way that they recruit. It's not like Duke or Kentucky where they go after the big, high-priced guys. That's what it, that's what it comes down to. But to, to see them grab these guys, these blue-chip, yet high-recruited uh, recruited players – around the country to still get that with competition, the area that you're in and the competition you got to go against to see players go there. It, it, it's a big job well done and a bravo to Jay Wright of how he's established Villanova back to one of the powers of college basketball, just like Bill Wright has continued to do, or Bill Self has continued to do that for Kansas. Bill Wright. He's right. He's right. Coach K, since he's doing it, since, I mean, 42 years ago, it's amazing. And the newcomer, Huber Davis, looks like he's got something special brewing in UNC as well. So, I mean, job well done to all these coaches. The storylines, too, in these games, Ted. I mean, for ladies and gentlemen, you get to see Duke and North Carolina for the first time ever. The most, the, probably the be, most historical rivalry in college basketball, and one of them in all sports, to say the least, playing for a right as a national championship. The last game that could possibly be of Coach K. By the way, 50 and 49. It's his 100th game against UNC. I mean, that's right there is a storyline that you could talk about for hours, let alone. Then you get Kansas and Nova. I mean, if you're a college basketball fan, ladies and gentlemen, how can you just not be ecstatic about this situation that's about to go underway within the next 24 hours in New Orleans? Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's the one thing that's remarkable is that these two teams, considering all their – the history behind these two teams, that they have never been in the Final Four. Um, you know, I was just looking at it. You know, Jay Wright going for his third national championship in six years. You got Bill Self, who, listen, Kansas, 
here's the thing. These four teams in the preseason, I believe Kansas was two, Villanova was four, Duke was number nine, and UNC was 18. Um, so especially for Villanova and Kansas, they've lived up to the billing. Now, if we speak about the games, what's unfortunate about the Villanova team is, and everyone knows by now, Justin Moore, I believe he's their best overall player on the team. Some people say Colin Gillespie, the six-year senior, the point guard, who actually got hurt last year, the last game of the season against Creighton. So or is Villanova, ACL? Villanova's used to playing, I don't know what the best word is, but playing down. They are they seem to be shorthanded. They're not a deep team. Um, no. Neither is, neither is Duke. Neither is UNC. Kansas is probably the most deepest team of the four teams. They, you here's here's the funny part. So every team is so different. So you got the you got those kind of blue collar, hard nose, but they're really good basketball players in Villanova. Then you got Duke, which might be the most talented team, right? Um, overall. Then you got Kansas, which is you got some veteran players who are really blue collar, and then you got some exceptional NBA talent there. And then you got UNC, which. I don't know what they have for NBA talent. I don't. Maybe they have one or two guys, but the the team themselves—they've really grown. I mean, you saw the last game of the season, Duke and UNC. Coach K's last game—that was the best game I saw. I saw him play. They totally dominated Duke in that game. Then you're like, all right, here comes ACC championship. They play. Uh, they didn't play well. Duke got their rear end kicked against Virginia Tech. I think for both teams, those two teams. It's, the way they lost and how they went down in the tournament, I think, was the best thing. They were able to refocus. This is the best that Duke has played all season. And you could see it. You, you watched the Michigan State game. They were down, what, five or seven? With the last yeah, they're down five, down five with five minutes left. They overcame it. And, and, and we'll get it. The fight they had, the toughness. I hold the Michigan on. State team was gritty. And then, and then UNC, you think about they were blowing out the number one team in Baylor, that number one seed. Manic gets kicked out of the game, which is – BS should have never happened. Changed the whole game. They almost blew the game. They were able to hold off. Kansas has kind of been dominant through their 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 tournament run. And then Villanova, if you think about it, they really have been dominant too. I thought Houston was going to give them more issues. They control the game. They are the team that can cause all four of these teams happen because the way they play. They slow the game down. They have veteran players. They're nitty. They're gritty. They could switch one through five. And you know what? I think if Charles was on this and he was listening to us, he would say, "Listen, Ted, they have the best coach," and and that, and that comes and that's a major factor. And he's had the most, he's had the best success and the most recent success of all these coaches, and that includes Coach K, who has who hasn't had recent success since 2015, hasn't won a national championship since the Jaleel Okafor days. I mean, and and you look at what Jay Wright's doing. That's why. You can't count them out. I know Justin Moore is a huge, huge loss to this team because, like you just said, it to the luck that goes with Villanova. Colin Gillespie last season goes down, torn ACL, Big East tournament. They're pretty much their season's done. Now Justin Moore, who you say to you, is probably the best player. Well, I think Colin Gillespie just because he's the heart and soul of that team. But that's the impact that Justin Moore has had on this team. And to see him go down, especially in the situation, the injury too, and the impact that he brings to this team, cannot count out Villanova because they have that never-say-die attitude, and it's because of their head coach. And I believe that – I mean, we're all talking about Duke, UNC. Coach K could be last game ever, but it's a Final Four. But this Nova-Kansas game is going to be just as exceptional as the night game. 
I mean, you look at these games. I mean, usually you have the 609 game, which is like, eh, you're like, you're into it. The night game, the nine o'clock game, you're, you're sitting on your couch at six o'clock. You're like, I can't wait to watch the Kansas and Villanova game. I mean, Kansas oh, Villanova. Because you got two great coaches. You got two great, uh, I'll say franchises, but, you know, basketball teams. You got, listen, Kansas is loaded. They, they, they're deeper than Villanova. They're loaded. They got, Bigs that can play down low. They got guys that can shoot the three. They got NBA talent. They have everything that you want, right? They're, they're, their overall team might be the best team right now of the four teams, even though Duke seems to be the favorite, but maybe that's a Duke bias. You know, Villanova, people are not giving Villanova their due because of the loss of Justin Moore. And here's the thing. Villanova is not a high-scoring team. They've only scored, well, also you gotta take they've only scored over 71 points Damn. once they in their last – 12, 15 games. And when you have a guy like Justin Moore who averages 15 and a half points a game, that's significant. Colin Gillespie is is the <laughs> he is he's the, the general, he's the bro. He is, he's the, he is, he is the best nucleus. leader right now of all four teams. You know, you look at that first game. The, the, what I take away from this game is can Villanova play their game? And what I mean by that is can they continually slow the game down? Can they play their type of game? I think if Villanova has a chance to win, it has to be in the 60s. It starts getting into the 70s and 80s, it's a game over. Kansas, Kansas likes to win. run it. They Kansas like that up time. Yeah. And I would say, like, when I say double digits, I say 8, 10, 12 points. Be- and I think just because of their depth and their size and their skill, they'll just end up wearing out Villanova. But if and Villanova, you you're watching the back. game right now, it's like 23, 25, you know, halftime 25, 25. The final score against Houston was 50 to 44. Also, you said it too. The biggest thing, and I think it could be the ultimate deciding factor, is the depth. They are very they're undermanned. They, are, they already run a six-man lineup. With the loss of Justin Moore, that's just going to add more pressure to this offense that, yeah, they're going to slow the game down, but you're also going to be having to play a team like Kansas that likes to run in transition, up-tempo, they can score at will. Who's going to have – which strength is going to overcome the others? That, that's what it's going to come down to. Is is it is is Nova going to be able to slow the game down where they want it at their pace, where they want it in their type of point range in the sense of how they've been playing? Houston? It was 25-23, Ted, you were saying. I saw that, too. I'm like, geez, like, anybody want to shoot the ball? That's what Nova does best. They slow it down. They're like the Big East. They slow the game down, and that's why teams struggle against them. Well, and here's the other thing. Can that that style of play be able to stop the style of play of Kansas who likes to run, likes to play inside? They got Frank McCormick, one of the better players, going to be a a high draft pick coming in this upcoming draft. They have players on the team. They're going to run through him. And is it just on Villanova? Being undermanned as it is, can they kind of overcome that glaring weakness of Justin Moore's absence? Well, here's the other thing, if you want to look at it. Villanova... They they can bring guys off the bench, but guy but when you get it's like the it's like the NBA playoffs. Your bench gets smaller. You get to a seven man rotation, and that's but the it. bench becomes more valuable in the playoffs. The bench too. becomes now valuable. What what doesn't hurt Villanova is it doesn't matter. They can switch one through five, and they're used to it. Here's the other big thing that I think if this game is close late in the second half, it's playing into this. this that's a plus. That's a win for Nova. Uh, yes, you're right, but it's free throw shooting. Villanova is about to set the record for best free throw percentage shooting 
in the history of college yes. basketball. Yes. And if yes. you saw the game against Miami, now it didn't play a factor because I think Kansas went on a 25 Kansas was killed. Kansas was and, yeah. then, and, and it didn't matter. But if you saw their free throw shooting, I believe they were six for 15 at one point. And you would say, oh, that doesn't make it. No, it's going oh, to make no, it no, no. because Villanova versus Houston at one point was 15 of 15. And free throw those, shooting. All free throws. So make your free throws. If it's a close if, game, Villanova yeah. wins. Villanova wins that tight game because of their defense and free throw. But I think overall, though, Kansas is going to find a way to pull it out. I know you want to make predictions, but I say Kansas wins because of their depth, because of their talent. I think that Justin Moore is is playing in this game. I, I would have taken Villanova. I just think his loss is that significant. He Listen, he might be their best overall player. He's listen, Gillespie will say, listen, he's the general. He's he, he might be listen, listen. Guy where you want to take the shot at the end, but Justin Moore is their guy. All right. Slater, Samuels, they're all gonna have to step up. Arca um man, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name. His brother played on the team a couple years ago when they won the championship. Archie Diacono. Archie not yeah, whatever. I got, I got you. Let the little brother do it. Little brother do it. Little brother come in Speech help. Impediment. Let's get some water in the mouth. <laughs> no, I'll tell you one thing. It will be a closer game than a lot of people think. Villanova. When's the last time you've seen Villanova get blown out? That's what I would say. When's the last time? So if you're getting four and a half for Kansas, take it for Villanova. Take the plus four and a half. And but Kansas. Here's my thing. I'm going to make this quick and very short and simple. Uh, you made a great point. Free throws matter, and free throws are a huge part, an integral part. Late games, postseason play, too. Conference tournaments, NCAA tournaments. And if people don't think free throws are a big deal, just go ask Derrick Rose and the Memphis Tigers. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go check it out on YouTube. You'll know what I'm saying. Free, free throws matter, especially in these situations. And, Ted, I think I'm going to agree with you as well on this because of the fact that the, the, the absence of Justin Moore and it can their shorthanded play – match up to the style of Kansas. And that's what it comes down to. Can Villanova slow the game down? If they do, they have a legitimate shot because they can rely on that free throw game where we know they're they're about to make some history. They're that damn good at the free throw line. If they get to Kansas, if it goes Kansas's way, then we could be seeing a blowout. All in all, this game should be like it is. Nova, Kansas. Historical programs should be a historical matchup. Speaking, ladies and gentlemen, of an historical matchup, the 100th meeting of the Coach K era at Duke in the Final Four, ladies and gentlemen, Duke, North Carolina, for a chance at a national championship. Boy, oh boy, if you were to tell me that this was going to be the Final Four matchup coming out of these brackets, these regions, should have known. Should have known. It's just, it was supposed to be a storybook. This is what this game is. It's storybook. Coach K losing the last game and Cameron getting almost embarrassed and he was embarrassed on national TV to see UNC to meet up again for part three. We thought we were going to get in the conference tournaments, but the Virginia Tech Hokie shocked everybody and won the whole thing. No, we're getting it in the final four. We're Which spoiled. We are very if you're if you're a college basketball fan, let's be honest. This ma these matchups. If you're not interested in watching these matchups because of the teams, shame on you. Because as a college, I know Duke is in it. I'm a Duke fan. But if teams like this, if this was Kentucky or versus UNC, I'm watching this. this I bet you this ratings. I bet the ratings for this game 
go down as one of the three best college basketball rating. It might not be the best game, but ratings wise, ratings wise, this, yes. This, I mean, because of the Final Four, epic. You think about this: it's Game Three of the season, right? So that that means they win, they win the season. Series. It's the trilogy. You, you got you got Coach K, who's fifty and forty nine against UNC. All right, you got you got the Final Four, which goes into it to lead to the national championship. If UNC wins, they would say they ended Coach K's career. They ended the home game, and they they and that would be bragging rights forever. They they ha- be- let's be on- let's be honest, Ted. Ted, let's be honest. If if UNC beats Duke again in the Final Four, with on top of beating Cameron, beating in Cameron Crazies, and Coach K's last home game, yeah, I would say the bragging rights remain hold for a long time. I mean. You, I, I think the NCA. You know, some people wanted St. Peter's win. Some people wanted other teams. Sometimes you, know, I, like, sometimes I, you, you saw the Ted. You saw like the difference. This is the best possible matchup, and the, and I think the four best teams that you could have gotten for the NCA Final Four. You, you literally get one of the best coaches in Jay Wright. I mean, you get four great coaches. Hoover Davis though is a rookie coach. Is his first year. It's pretty remarkable what he's done for North Carolina. Beginning of the season, they didn't look like they were even going to make the tournament. They got hot at the end of the season. They beat Duke at home. Um, they made the tournament. They're really not an eight seed, you know, and we've seen this before because this happened a couple years ago when Kentucky was an eight seed and they should have never with Julius, been. Yeah. With Julius Randle. Utah State was the one seed and, you know, it, the NCAA plays these you know who games. They play, you know who they played, by the yeah, way? Yeah, they played UConn. Gotcha. But UConn. Who was, a, who was a seven seed? Yeah, so I think this is the best possible matchup for the NCAA. It's crazy because you wonder who's got more pressure, right? So I would say Duke has more pressure in this game. Easy. It's 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 Duke. It's Duke. It's easy. This is Duke has the most pressure of any. If I had to rank the pressure wise of all these four teams, it's well, Duke. Of course, because it's, every game is listen, listen, every game has been no, winning. Listen, for listen, listen. All the pressure out of one through four. I'm gonna rank it for you. I want you to listen very carefully. It's Duke. It's Duke. It's Duke, and it's Duke, because think about it. This is it. Like, Jay Wright's coming back. Bill Sethler's coming back. Hubert Davis is not going going away for a while either. Coach K, this is it. This is the, the – you look, You are 40 minutes away. My, take away any overtime if there is. You are 40 minutes away from possibly saying goodbye to the game that you have loved and, and have mastered for so long. It's Duke, and it's only Duke. They're the odds-on favorite to call in this Final Four right now. They have the best betting odds. Then it's Kansas, then Nova, and then and UNC is a plus 500. So if I'm ranking the pressure, it's it's very simple. There's no other answer but Duke. These teams will be back. Some will lose these some key players, but they're all going to be back. These coaches will be back. I know Duke's going to lose players, but they're losing Coach K. The pressure is all on Duke. If you lose this game – Bragging rights for quite – maybe forever. If, if UNC wins the whole thing, we'll have bragging rights forever. And I will put it this way. The way I look at it is if UNC beats Duke, is the same way the Red Sox fans can still go back and say, we beat you down 3-0 and we won the World Series. We It's not that they – listen, we got 27 championships. Yeah, who gave them? They got away. the only team in Major League Baseball away. history to be down 3-0 in an ALCS – Beat you at home, and then we won our first World Series in 80,000 years. 86 years. And, and, and yeah. that's all that really matters. And you know what? Red Sox fans deserve to be that way. because And you know what? what? 
they have been great since that moment. Now, I believe these two teams won't change because Duke's got a hell of a class coming in. He got the number one player in the country coming in. We just saw him the other night in the All-American game, 7-2 center. He, he's remarkable Villanova player. They got some, you know, listen, these teams will reload like they do every year. That's what happens. Listen, I think – What's the key? What, what do you think, think is the key? Find a way to win. What do you think, think is the key? Gotta, listen, Roach, the point guard Roach. He, he listen, Powell will do his thing. Banchero, he has done his thing. Um, you know, you look at UNC, they're not deep. They only go six or seven men, really, only six. Oh, Duke's the same so, way. Duke runs Maycock, like cannot get in foul trouble. Um, Davis, their point guard, has been really good. Uh, Manic has been tremendous. Might have been their best player throughout the tournament Yo, so he far. doesn't miss. He can stretch to four. He, he he catches the ball, shoots, and it, it's just always swish. I, I so, I've never seen the man miss, I feel like. So I think Roach, his his play, his leadership, and his ability to break down the defense late in the possessions and late in the shot clock has really made yeah. a difference for Duke. the defenders uh, up. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize this kid was a top ten prospect, but the kid Griffin, number twenty one from Duke, has AJ been Griffin. a key contributor for this team. And I here's the other thing, you know, I didn't really watch Duke until late in the season. I really didn't follow NCA until later in the season because you know football is still on and other things, but. Kid Malik Williams. I mean, he's been more Mark Williams, the big, the big Mark, kid. Yeah. I mean, he's he is an impactful. I mean, what having a pre- let's just let's be honest, Ed. Having a presence in the middle like that, seven feet, big man, that is a rim protector. That's the most important player in this entire game. Well, and, and the, how does he match? And, and then, hold on, listen, listen, and then I'm putting. Armando ba- uh, Baycott, like you said, those are the two most important players in this game because, I mean, Mark Williams has changed this defense. I mean, this defense and the, the way Duke has been playing defense in this tournament, just like UNC has, Mark Williams, just having that presence in the middle of that defense is so important, so vital to the Duke success. Paolo ba- uh, Bancaro is go- it should be the number one pick in this coming draft. That man is a star. He's a 6'10 guy that can stretch the floor. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. He plays solid defense. This team is young, but they also got some veterans like Wendell Moore Jr., who was, was there last year, was there for a and, couple and years. And that's why now. I think how Duke handles – here's the thing. I think handled, Duke is they, handled, Hold on. They've handled the tournament really well, right, every game. It all – let's pressure. be honest. But here's the it thing. All, we know we know this, Trev, tremendously watching college basketball our whole lives is – how do teams handle the final four pressure? Because here's the thing. The other thing is now they're playing in a bigger stadium. Remember, they're not you don't usually play in a basketball arena, they play in like the football stadiums. Yeah. Um, so you got the well, bigger arena, you got you got sixty thousand people instead of eighteen thousand. You know, yeah. the shooting ability because the stadium's bigger. You know, how do how do these teams get focus, right? You know, how do they focus for, for leadership? Coach K, you need, been yeah. there, he'll know how to focus. Hubert Hubert Davis. He's never – I mean, he's been there as an assistant coach. Um, can't remember, and I'm, I wish I looked this up, if he's ever been there as a as a former player. He probably has. Oh, yeah. he's, but he's played – listen, he's played in the NBA. He's played in huge games before. So he knows – but how do these kids, these 8-year-old kids, handle this pressure, right? You know, I think you look at Villanova, a lot of these kids have been there before. They know kind of how to handle it. So is Kansas. But how do the Duke and UNC young kids, how do they handle this pressure? Listen, I think the, I think the storybook continues. Not that I'm ruined for him, but I just think Duke is okay, on. You can say you can Duke root for, it's on, okay. It's okay. You can say you go, you want to root for your brother. 
No, it's not even that. I just think Duke is on it's a mission. It's not even that. Well, like, here, here's the thing, though. These two teams are playing unbelievable basketball. I think you would see easily, right easily can win – not easily win this game, but I think they could win this game if they continue to play like they have. If they play like they did against Baylor and Manic is shooting the three and, and Davis is breaking out demon and Baycott, I mean, he's got, what, 29 double-doubles so far this season. He's been a double-double machine. So, you know, we also talk about this. Maybe the biggest factor in the game that we're not talking about is the officiating. How do they officiate the game? Do they let these kids play, or do they start calling every little nicky knack foul? And then teams like UNC or Duke, who are not as depth, you know, you start getting foul trouble, you know, and then and that changes the whole perspective of the you gotta game. You got to go to your back pocket for those changes. You got to go. You got to go I deep think, into I the think pocket. Duke finds a way to win this game late and sets up a Kansas Duke matchup on Monday night for the national championship, and then we'll see what happens there. Oh, it's very simple. Duke's winning this game. Duke's not losing twice in a row to UNC. I mean, it's an amazing story what UNC's done. Don't jinx they, them. I know, but I'm 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 I have to be confident in my team. This team is this team has been playing. Let's be honest, guys. To you, Ted, these four teams playing in you really saw the difference of where these four teams were compared to the other four. UNC was clearly better than St. Peter's. I know people wanted to see the little Cinderella story, but the Cinderella story died very quickly, very quickly in that game. There was never a chance. Same with Miami and Kansas. Kansas really second half really took it to the to the hurricane uh, to Miami Hurricanes. Yes, that's their name. My God, I, I, I we're just so used to calling them the U. I forget what their name the U. That's all we call them, the U. But also the you saw Villanova and Houston, which what you thought was going to be a very close game, but really Nova never really. Always had grasp of the game. For they grasp controlled the game for pretty much the yes. whole from start to finish. So these are the four best teams playing. I'm saying to myself as a Duke fan, I'm very confident to see how this team has grown from that UNC game to where they're going to play tomorrow night against this same UNC team. It all changed that Michigan State game. Being down five, five minutes left in the game against a Tom Izzo team who we know how they are historically in the tournament. They win games like that. They, grow, they hold on and, and prevail. Duke found a way, and that right there really showed me a lot of heart, a lot of grit that this team has, and a lot of fight, that they're fighting for their coach and they're fighting for his last his last game. Two more games left, possibly, for Coach K. They want him to go out with number six. They're going to win tomorrow. It's going to be a classic, I believe, as well. Both of these games will be classics. I will be shocked if these games are not but I expect it to be. As a college basketball fan and, and as a sports fan, just sit back, relax, and enjoy four historical programs going for the richest prize in college basketball. Speaking of richest prizes, well, there were a lot of prizes in this offseason of the NFL. The, the, the question is, which one was the greatest? You know, you see what all these moves are. And I know today is April Fool's Day. Well, you hear all these, like, people posting all, all the signings. Well, at one point, for some time, for these first couple months, it was like that. That we had to look at our phones like, wait, what? Like, who got traded? Like, you, this is what every, it's Every been. day. Yes, every day. It's taking a, little, taking a little break, but we're still seeing moves. Up until yesterday, a huge move happened again. My question to you, Ted, is of all these moves and for them, to all these moves, impactful moves to what they all want ultimately and the richest prize in the NFL is a Super Bowl title. To you, 
I know this is going to be a tough one because, well, good luck trying to pick it. But to you, which NFL offseason move, this could be trade or free agent signing, will have the greatest impact for their new team? The unretirement of Tom Brady. Oh, get the hell out of here. Dude, it's simple. He brought back his players. He comes back. You're talking about Tampa Bay going, oh, my God, who's going to be the quarterback? What are they going to be? They're just, they're going to drop off. I mean, who is going to be their quarterback? You really, you really said that. I want, to mute, I want to mute you now. I want he to got, mute you. He you got, got, should have just said Aaron Rodgers is the biggest listen, move then. He got his center to come back. He got the cornerback Davis to come back. He got Leonard Fournette to come back. He's going to get Gronk to come back. He He's going to get someone else. He got Bruce Arians to take a leave of absence so Todd Bowles could be the head coach. So him and Brian Leftwich can run the offense. Why was it by, why, I wish Brian Leftwich got a shot. But uh, you're so well, – You, you, so, you should have just said, well, Aaron Rodgers going back to the Packers was the biggest No, 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 no. That's because, boring. Because Aaron Rodgers' impact going back to the Packers screwed them and made Devontae Adams leave. Yeah, see – no, I don't. Uh, think it, it never screwed him. I, I, here's the other thing. I look. I he look wanted to go to be a Raider. Here, here's here's another move I really like, and, and I'm gonna put it. As no, a, no, 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 no. No, I'm Wait, gonna go first. Let me go. Let me go because I let you. That's how it works. I let no, you. No, 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 if you want to, I'm gonna get you. Hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna go first. Let me say my part, and then I'll get no, it back no. on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Mine to me, realistically, is the move that just happened yesterday. That's where I was going. I was going to say Bobby Wagner's move because they're going to have three levels of one of the – they're going to have the best defensive lineman on the line. Could be the they're best defensive have, player in the league. They're going, Probably they're, okay. the best defensive okay, player. Okay, but I will get this. If you're ranking players, right, you're going to have one You're going to have one of the best D linemen. You're going to have one of the best linebackers. And then in the secondary, you're going to have one of the best cornerbacks in all football. Right? You're going to have three stars at every level of your three, defense. Three Hall of Famers. Uh, you're having three Hall of Famers on the same. I mean, Aaron Donald's going to go down as a top 10 defensive player, maybe top five defensive player of all time. Bobby Wagner is going to go down as one of the greatest linebackers of all time. Jalen Ramsey's probably going to go down, will probably go down as one of the greater greatest cornerbacks of all time. Uh, this, without, this without question was, to me, the most impactful move. I know all the moves that happened in the AFC West. I know the moves that happened in the AFC North with Deshaun Watson. But to me, this is the biggest and greatest impact that it's going to have on one team. And it just so happens that it's the Super Bowl champs. And that's well, why and I then say you take away from your division champ. You take away from your division champ in Seattle. Yes. But also think about this. Yes, they lose Von Miller. I get that. It's a huge loss. I get it. Andrew Withwards is probably going to be the biggest loss for them overall, isn't it? Because it's, you can't lose an all a Hall of Famer a left tackle. It's just you have to try to you can try to replicate it. It's going to be a tough process. Also, you lose Robert Woods, who was a a stud, a stud receiver, a huge part into that offense's success. Well, you picked up Allen Robinson, who's not not a bad number two to team up with number one. and and Van Jefferson at number three with Tyler Higby too. You get this defense like you added. Bobby Wagner, to some, still the best linebacker in all of football. And it just already added to a defense that is already stout. So I know there's been many of many moves in this AFC, but the greatest impact is going to be in the NFC. Well, and it's and Bobby Wagner because they are the champs. They just added 
I mean, come on. It doesn't even make sense. Well, well here's here's my thought. Here's the pro- oh, hustle. Take this. Listen to this. I know people say, oh, well, they lost Von Miller. Okay. Leonard Floyd. I mean, Greg Gaines. Leonard- Greg Gaines. Aaron Donald. And they'll still and they'll still find pieces. Here's the thing. Sean Robinson, who was a beast, too. You're going to get a, a – and people forget this. It's not always about talent. It's about smarts. That's why, like, Tyron no. Matthew, wherever he goes, if he goes yes. to the Bucks, could be a huge – where he goes could play a major, major role on how a team advances. I look at Bobby Wagner, one of the best linebackers in the game. Doesn't miss games. R- rarely – I don't think he's missed any games. It Okay, so he's on the field. One of the biggest weaknesses the Rams did have is in their linebacker core. You get one of the best linebackers. Here's another thing people are not realizing. The Rams' sub packages are multiple, and they do more so than a lot of teams in the NFL defensively. So when you're subbing in and out, you don't have to, want to have to worry about what linebacker and what guy you have to – you can leave Bobby Wagner in the game on first down, on second down, and third down. His ability to call the defense, be a leader of the team. I and mean, you think about the Seattle Seahawks, as much as we're talking about Legion Boom, we're talking about the thing. It was Bobby Wagner. He's calling the defense. He's the quarterback. He's the orchestra. He's the leader of the defense. The middle linebacker is always And now you think about this. Now he's going to sit behind Greg Gaines and Aaron Donald. They're going to sit right in front of him in the front row, and he's going to sit right behind him and have his pick at where he wants to go and how he dictates. And that's just another – the way I look at it is NFL, you have talent, and then you have veterans that bring a whole different dynamic to the game, right? And you look at a guy like Tyron Matthew. You look at some of these veteran players – what Bobby Wagner does for that defense, Aaron Donald's an unbelievable player, but he's at the D-line. He really can't call the defense and do things. Bobby Wagner's smarts and ability to make sure, and that is part of the reason why Eric Weddle was such a significant pickup when they had their safety loss. What he did for them in the playoffs to come off, it's have about that smart presence. You can be the quickest, fastest, strongest guy in the field, but if you don't know where the hell you're going and what the teams are doing, that's why I like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and some of these quarterbacks, you can be, be Kyle Murray. You can run around all the field. Do you know where to go the blow? Do you know where the blitz is? Do you know who the – do you know where your read is? Do you know the – You have the smarts. Do you have the so, smarts to do it. And, yeah. and you're taking away from a division opponent like the Seattle Seahawks. Now, not the Seattle Seahawks were going to give you a run for your money for the division, but still, you're playing against Seattle twice a year now. It's just – it's that much more impactful to your team. I mean, that would be like if Brady left New England and went to Miami or the Jets. Or, I mean, just the impact that that has on that team. Well, don't, don't, don't say, say it ain't so. That's still a possibility. We don't know what's going to happen with that whole thing, fiasco. That could be – But, I mean, I, but I, really, I love that move, and I love the Allen Robinson move. The lose Robert Woods, well, to pick up Allen This is what I wanted to say quickly about this whole thing. So – it's I just funny. want to know where the I just want to know where the Rams' money is coming from. And I would, yeah, please. Keep, how they pay Stafford? Know. How they're going to give Aaron Donald an extension? How they well, gave Stafford Bobby already got paid. Stafford's paid. Stafford's paid. Aaron Donald looks like he could be playing for with maybe another couple of years, and it doesn't seem like he's going to be long term. Maybe he might be retiring early on, but it's already a Hall of Fame career. So if he wanted, well, they're to, talking about an extension with him right now. If so, I hope so because I want to see the best player on the field at all times. So. You think about these uh, these quarterbacks that are going to have to face this defense. Oh, man, how am I going to be able to deal with Aaron Donald? Oh, don't worry. We got the short intermediate routes in the middle of the field because they don't got no linebackers. Oh, no, they have Bobby Wagner now. Oh, no, we're just going to throw it deep. Oh, they got Jalen Ramsey. Good luck trying to stop that Rams team. That's already – I know they lose Von Miller, but that's great to have a guy like Leonard Floyd back on that team uh, – to, to be on that team as well because now you could just add him to an already stout defense. There's been so many moves, but to me, seeing Bobby Wagner, like if you went to the Ravens, that could have been a huge move, 
But going to the Rams, that's just as a game changer to an already, well, let's be honest, it's a very weak conference compared to the AFC. So a move like this just gives the champs that much more of a chance to repeat. But it's been one hell of an offseason, ladies and gentlemen, to say the least. We got a lot more coming down the line. We got MLB preview coming next week with the Joseph McGuire returning after his triumphant return to the airwaves, Ted. Also, we're going to be talking about starting next week, me and Ted, we're going to start talking about the uncertainty of the top seven of this NFL draft and the uncertainty surrounding this entire NFL draft because I asked Ted, I don't know what's going to be the number one pick. I don't know what player is going to be. I don't know what position it's going to be. Is it going to be a defensive lineman? Is it going to be an offensive lineman? It's just that much more intriguing in this NFL offseason. Plus, let's enjoy the let's enjoy this final four, women's and men's, because you got eight historical programs battling battling it out for a chance at a title. I can't wait. Go Blue Devils, Ted. Come on, give me. Are you rooting for them at least? Yeah, I, like if you're ranking who you're rooting for, I need to know your top before we get out of here. I don't, I don't, have, I don't have a ranking. Well, I like mean, if you're you ranking, like, who, who are you rooting for the most? So I got I got my brother who's a Duke fan. I got my buddy Charles who's a Villanova fan. So I guess I should just root for those two teams. I have no affiliation with Kansas. I have no affiliation with UNC. You like UNC, though. I used to always like UNC. You other than like UNC. Maybe it was just the powder blue uniforms. And then you got the blue devils. But I'll root for the Duke. I'll root for the Dukies and I'll root for Villanova. Even though I, I picked against Villanova. I'll root for them. I just don't think I don't what think if they're they play the national champion. We'll have to be back Monday for oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if they play though? What if they both play against each other? Who are you picking? Better not be picking your friends. Don't pick me. Don't be picking me. Because ain't gonna be much better for you, kid. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share, or follow. Or you could also check out clovercrestmedia.com for many more podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the City, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.